This is the MF Cashflow Podcast with Mike Fisher. We pull back the curtain of real estate investing and share the secrets to building the life of financial freedom you've always dreamed of. Hey guys, Mike Fisher here, MF Cashflow, or it could be the motherfucking cashflow, whatever gets your boat going down the road, man. You could be motorboating down the road, whatever you want. So, guys, today I got Joe Panzica here from Anthony Panzica Law, Law Offices. And uh, this guy is loaded, chucked with information and experience, man. I'm just looking at, just talking to this guy and, and look at what he sent me, a little bit about himself. And I'm, like, super excited to share with you what Joe's experience is and what he brings to the table and and just, like, Damn, man, this guy has covered a lot of shit in a short amount of time. And, and nothing like being fully immersed and learning, like, I don't know, like, Joe, you probably, like, learned, like, you know, like, shit, all kinds of stuff in the first, like, year. And, yeah. like, a sponge. I don't even know when the hell you slept, man. Like, <laughs> this, like dude, like, anyway, enough about that. So, so Joe, let's j- jump into this. Joe, you're, you're like, your passion, I, I would say it's your passion because – you know the business inside and out. Guys, yeah. if you want to know about short sales, Joe is the guy to talk to, man. Like, hands down, this guy knows his shit, man. Like, I, I talked to him on the phone, and it was like one thing led to another after another, and we were like, before you know it, we're like 20, 30 minutes into the conversation. I'm like, dude, I could talk all day about real estate, man. And so we talked about his history, what he's doing now, and then where do you see the market going? We talked about everything. So, guys, I want to share with you a little bit about Joe and uh, and then how you get in touch with him and such later. But, Joe, tell us, uh, how the hell did you get involved in short sales, man? Like, it sounds, it sounds ugly because there's nothing, anybody that knows about a short sale, there's nothing short about a short sale, right? I mean, it's kind of a joke, but it's the truth. Right. How did how do you get involved in, in short sales and and your your attention span? Like, tell me about your attention span. Yeah, for sure. How I got involved with it? Like, when, when I was in well, yeah, when I was in college, there was no really such thing as a short sale. Like, I didn't aspire to be a short sale specialist because the market was fine in two thousand five, two thousand six. When the market crashed, my brother became an attorney in two thousand eight, and I, he asked me one day. He's like, out of the blue, he's like, "Hey, Joe, do you want to come work a short sale for me?" I said. What is a short sale? I have no idea. So, uh, so we both kind of just learned on the fly. Like we were dealing with banks that are no longer existent, like WAMU. We're dealing with Countrywide. We're dealing with all these banks that were really in existence. So I just learned it on the fly. Like my basic call was I, I would call into the banks, try to figure out each bank's system and how it worked. And that's how basically I got started. Every bank then was folding during the time. Like Wachovia was Wells Fargo, WAMU with Chase, Countrywide tend to turn to Bank of America. So I learned all these systems when they just happened. So a lot of people who are doing short sales didn't really know how anything was working, but I did because I was talking to the banks daily. So you talk about the patience and what I was doing. Yeah. Back in the day, the banks didn't even know how to process short sales. Like we would fax in documents to the bank and be like, oh yeah, we lost it. I'm like, how do you lose a fax? Like, what do you have? Like a guy just sitting back there collecting one sheet at a time? Like, like, isn't this more like electronic? Like it was just, it was a crazy time back then, but now the banks are more unified. Like they have an own structure. Like it's much easier now than it was then. Like, Back then, you would have to take one call to update one file. It would take you probably an hour. And so the patience was very thin. You would sit on hold for an hour. It was, just, it was very bad back in the day. But now everything's more expedited. Even You still have problems because you still have, like, oh, people think of short sales. always dread it because it's always, like, negative connotations with it. But sure. things can be done. And I know the bank – I know pretty much almost every bank system and how to, how to operate it, basically. Wow. That's, and that comes from experience, really. Yeah. I mean, a decade's worth. And what year did you start – 
getting in what your brother said uh, in 2008, was it? 2008. My brother graduated uh, from law school in 2008 in May. I joined him in December of 2008. Wow. Just like so, jumped on his back and said, let's go, man. That's right. We had zero agents. And then in the next year or two after doing short sales, we had probably 100 agents. It was, all word, it was probably all word of mouth of just spreading. We never advertised anything. It was just, we did an efficient job more than most other law offices. And that's how we got it. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. all. And, and how many short sales were you doing, you know, in 2010? Yeah. At that time, my, I have another partner here we hired. who's one of my good friends. He was probably doing 50 to 70. And I was at that time probably doing 100 to 120 at a time. <laughs> By yourself? By myself. Damn. <laughs> dude. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I don't like to look back at those years sometimes about my personal life because there was not much of any. Of <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so. No. It was it was good. It was good. It made our business to what it is today. I'll say that. That's awesome. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that's that's a huge um, foundation that you guys laid. What an opportunity. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you if he you know your brother actually had the passion for short sales or if it's just one of those things like hey I just fell into it and I see this going somewhere. I have like what, is that pretty much how it happened? Because some people really you set out in life and you don't even know where the hell you're going in life and exactly. sometimes life just directs that path. Yeah. You, right. So is that kind of yeah. what happened? Well, how it, uh, the backstory behind that too, is my dad is also a lawyer for 30 years, uh, probably okay. not 40 at the time it was probably 30. So he, he kind of, cause my brother graduated in 08, but my dad was always a lawyer. My dad was a lawyer for, since like 1980. So when the market was good, my dad would just do regular sales, regular buys. And then when the market went down, my dad was like, all right, we got to figure out how to wait to make some money here. Like, obviously nothing's happening. Yeah. So he actually do, started doing short sales, but his staff and his crew really wasn't that efficient uh, with it. We, so my brother got that idea from my dad. And then my brother started to, to work and turn to realize it. And he excelled in it. Then he taught me everything he knew. And then I learned it on my own. So right now, my brother really doesn't know much about short, the short sale process because a lot of stuff has changed. But I'm always updated on that process since 08 till right now. So that's real well, Joe. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it's, it's been a long, long journey. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so 2009 and through 13, you're processing about a hundred, 120 at any given time. How That's many right. are you doing nowadays? Uh, right now I probably do from 35 to 40, 45, somewhere in between those times. Yeah. And do you think like the time process to do it back then was very, very long? Like, how, how much shorter? Give give me a time. Give the audience a time frame back then to what it is today. Sure. Back then, it was probably like a six to eight month process, and that was everything. It's like if it could go well. Like initially, when we first started doing things. You get rare exceptions that things could be done within a month or two. That's rare, but typically, I would tell people probably five to eight months is where you're looking at. Nowadays, it depends on the type of loan, but if you have a conventional short sale, I would argue that's two probably two or three months. Um, if you have an FHA short sale, which I'll explain the difference between those two later, if you guys like yeah. an FHA short sale, probably from three to five months, I would say, I would say th those are still, so it's not the best, but it's better than it was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nobody yeah. looks taxes over there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. they still using that back then? I don't know. <laughs> um, most banks are more like, I think Wells Fargo is probably, Wells Fargo Chase initially are all faxes, but then Chase is more an equator. A lot of banks don't yeah. really use faxes, but it's more electronically. There's an email set up, so you right. just send the whole package to the email as opposed to fax. True, 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 true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, what is the process? You know, like uh, if somebody was to come to you and say, Hey Joe, um, I I'm, I'm interested in doing a short sale. Like what's the process? What, what questions would they be asking? And, and, um, you know, kind of walk, walk through, walk through it, the whole thing of what somebody would expect. Um, even as um, maybe on both sides, really as, as the purchaser and the seller, um, and on your side, what, you know, your point of view, what, yeah, walk us through that. For sure. So if a client just comes into our office, unbeknownst to any realtor or any type of thing. So we can't, a short sale has to be listed on the market. So there's nothing that I could do directly to get the short sale going. So the property always has to be on the market listed because the bank, an actual bank requirement is that the property must be listed on the market with at least a week before you could get, even get an offer. So you can't just walk up there and be like, I want to submit a contract to the bank. No, like you have to have the property listed before you can okay. even do that. So my recommendation to any client that comes in here, it doesn't happen often because usually the realtor brings us the client, not the client walking in here. But if they do, yeah. I advise them like, hey, go reach out to your realtor. I provide them a realtor's name. They have the property listed. Once the property is listed, there's a lot of banks out there. This is the big difference and change of what it used to be to what it is now. A lot of short sale lenders will allow you to do the short sale process before there's even an offer on the property because half the battle when you do a short sale is to find out what the value came back at. And here, you could do the short sale before there's even an offer because the main issue when you have a short sale with an offer, the ball of the buyers antsy, the buyers want updates, buyers want this, the buyers want that. It's like if you have what the bank wants before you could get in, where before you even have an offer, that's like half the battle. So then as me, I worked a short sale with the client. Um, and with the time, what they would do, they would provide me all their financials. So the bank typically what all banks require from every single person to do a short sale with is that provide your tax returns, bank statements, pay stubs a hardship letter and their own unique financial form. So at that time, when people come to me, I would ask them like, Hey, who's your bank? Okay. Wells Fargo. Okay. I'll send you that Wells Fargo application because every bank has their own unique forms. You can't just go like, Oh, bank of America chase and this and that. Everyone has their own unique forms. Okay. So I start the process by giving them all the information. I submit all those documents to the bank and then they'll order the value on the property. And then once the value's back, I let, Hey, realtor, the value came back at a hundred thousand. Find a buyer that matches it. Okay, they get an offer within a week or two, and you could get it done that way. So that's that's a short sale when the bank will allow you to do a short sale before there's an offer. But there's some banks that don't allow that, and you just have to wait until you get an offer to split the short sale. Got it, got it. Well, that's good to know because a lot of people, yeah. I didn't know that. I, I yeah, I've done many short sales, but I've always been on the buying side of it, so maybe sure. I never knew it. I have no idea. Like I, I, I have. Those are like little gold nuggets sometimes, you know, when you got a short sale in, in my world, it's like you could have, you know, back in 2012, 11, and so, like I could have had three or four or five of those just sitting on the sidelines, just waiting yeah. for them to go, waiting for them to go. Yeah. You never know, like one would pop, two would pop, or so every once in a while, it's like you always got one in your back pocket. And if it worked, it worked. If not, you know, you, yeah. What you move on to the next, right? So that's always right, having right. something to go there. But what what would you say is like the the most overlooked um, item as far as like if somebody wants to put their home up um, in a short sale? What like there's got to be something that like oh shit I didn't think about that. What do you see regularly like where somebody's failing in that in that regard? Yeah, I'm trying to think of it. There's something like during the process. It's like, I think a lot of comes down to is like when you first initially talk to someone, it's always, it's for as a seller's purpose, it's always, this is what's always overlooked. 
for every city, there's obviously transfer stamps, there's water bills. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could have a lot of things in the background, like a bankruptcy. You could have federal liens, the tax liens. You could have a second mortgage, third mortgage. You could have all these items. If, yeah. the, if the people are not clear to you up front, even as a realtor, even for ourselves, eventually all this will be tracked on title. But it's always good to be clear on you with the person, whoever your agent is, to be clear with them. Because if there is something, like my role in here is just to do the short sale. And I'm, if you tell me one loan with Wells Fargo, I'm going to do, I'm going to think one loan with Wells Fargo. But then say, for instance, if you have like a federal lien, tax lien, all these other crazy things that you don't tell your agent, you don't tell me about, that only hinders you in the long term of things. Because mm. even if, even if I get Wells Fargo approved, guess what's going to not going to prevent us from closing? Because you have a federal tax lien you never told us about. How about the HOA fees? HOA fees, and that's another big thing too. A lot of, a lot of, that's another like a lot of like a fallacy or uh, anomaly that people think. They think that if you like, a lot of clients think that like the bank will pay back most all the HOA fees. It's not really true. Most banks don't pay a big chunk of HOA. So if you have like a ten thousand dollar back debt of HOA dues. Odds are the bank's not going to pay that. Maybe six months worth, maybe a year's worth, but they're not paying back the full amount. Wow. In rare cases, they can, but what I see, I would not bank on that. So it's always important to try to be current with your HOA if you can be while you're doing a short sale. So if there's a deficiency in the HOA or a deficiency in a loan balance, how is that handled? Is that, you know, what, what is, I know you're not a, a tax, uh, you know, CPA guy here. Yeah. But- where does that go to? Is that a, a judgment on them or, or is that a tax um, you know, liability or do you know where that goes? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I don't like some HOAs could file a judgment against, against the building, but I don't think that stays with the person. So if the property does foreclose or you sell it and work out an agree- agreement, the, the judgment would then be dropped. But if it forecloses and the judgment's still there, I think the HOA, the REO property bank, whoever buys it back, will pay that back along with the current buyer that purchased the property. Wow. They have like certain terms to work out, but that I don't believe that debt would stay with you. I've never incurred, I've never seen that ever before. It's maybe possible, but I've never seen it. <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah. Now, what about a deficiency in the loan? You know, if there's a twenty thousand yeah. dollar difference, how about that's that? That's right. Yeah, so that's actually the biggest sticking point to any client that wants to do a short sale is the deficiency because. Um, at the end of the day, when you do a short sale, the main goal is to get deficiency waived. So say, for instance, you have a $200,000 loan you took out in 05. And then right now, the bank says your property is worth 100000 yeah. Okay, you get a fair market value offer of 100000 you do the short sale. But what happens to that $100,000 deficiency? Like yeah. what, what, what happens? The main goal, well, my job, and when you do a short sale, at least in our office, is that we check the short sale approval letters to ensure that it says the deficiency but will be waived the full upon completion of the short sale. If that's the case, then the bank is not going to come after you after the closing. They ha- you have it in writing. Yeah. And so that usually appeases the seller's like, that keep in mind. Um, it is. Most all banks nowadays will approve, defi- like not pursue the deficiency, meaning that the way, but back in the day, yeah. it was maybe 50-50 that the banks were going to do that or not. So we actually had to be like, hey, well, how much will it take for you to waive on the deficiency? And some banks would be like, oh maybe a couple of thousand and the seller, like, Hey seller, you want to pay this to get deficiency waived? And they would say, yeah. And then that's how a deficiency waived. But now I would argue that probably 90% of all short sales banks wave on a deficiency balance. Kidding. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the HOAs will follow. <laughs> I hope so. Cause HOAs can kill a deal if they don't want to accept what the bank gives them. They could kill the oh, deal. If the, oh, it's happened before. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, You've seen a lot of, I mean, you were doing you know, 100, 120 deals, man, at any one time. 
um, and things have lightened up considerably because now, now you're like, you know, 50 ish or so. Um, so you're like almost half the workload almost. Right. Where do you see it in the next two to three years? Um, it's been a steady flow. Like a lot of people say, like when the market was rebounding, they said short sales will die altogether. That's not really true because there's still short sales right now that I'm doing. What it, would it like? The question is like, would it come back to what it was, excuse me, what it was back then? I don't think I'll ever go to that extreme, but a lot of agents that I've talked to and, you know, including yourself, I think we've had a side conversation about it. Like there could be another rebound of short sales because if the market does go into another recession, that will only lead to more short sales because more people lose their jobs. More people get, you know, like have a lot of bad financial situations that they're in. And, I, you know, I can't say for certain that short sales will come back to the same level. But I don't know if the, if the market ever takes a dip. I could definitely see that happening again where short sales would be the main thing as opposed to regular sales. It could yeah. be it could be that way. I, you know, it's hard to predict that. But if the market ever does go down, that I'm sure will happen again. Do you see an uptick in the last, say, even six months? Um, for me, it's it's been pretty even kill. Like that number that I'm processing has been the same for the last two or three years from like 35 to 40 short sales. I would say that that number is what I've been consistently at for a couple of years now. Okay. Um, so I, for me, it's the same. Whether people, I'm not sure, but that's just the way yeah. that I see it. So uh, I'm just going to ran up, you know, things are going through my head here. Is yeah. there a particular area that you see this happening? Sure. I, like still a lot of distressed areas are mostly South side Chicago. So you got Berwyn and Cicero, you got like Calumet city, you got Dalton, you got uh, like Thornwood, you got like all these like, like cities on the South side that are still going through this effect. Like the stuff like North side Chicago, downtown Chicago, yeah. few and far between. Like, I think we maybe closed two or three short sales, like downtown, downtown, like the sky rises, but that's, that's extremely few and far between. Most of the short sales that do are South side Chicago in, in distressed areas, still like Cicero, Berwyn, most, a lot of heavy hitters there too. Okay. So I know a lot of investors are, um, you know, really hurting bad, really bad. And you probably know where I'm going right now with this. Yeah. Like they are like taking it up the shorts, man. And it's not, and I feel bad for them. I mean, I do. I mean, I've got many properties myself and it's really difficult to, to deal with the, the big property tax, man. That's a big job right there. Don't and those suckers, man. I've seen some investors go up over a hundred percent, and that's yeah. freaking ridiculous, man. That like pisses me off because it just kills the freaking cash flow. And it's like, oh, you think you could just come in here? Yeah, but they do, you know. And then yeah. they go and appeal them, and then they, you know, basically say f you, you know, like exactly, man, you know. And exactly. that's, that's killing a lot of deals, man. And that's where I, that's why I'm asking, like, where do you see this going? And you hit the Southeast suburbs and, you know, we just got hit. We got hammered on those yeah. property taxes, man. And yeah. you know, like, it just sucks because it's killing deals. These investors are not getting the cash flow that they once were. And that's why I think, you know, that's why I see this happening. Like, man, these people are going to have nowhere to go. Either they foreclose or do a short sale, you know? Yeah. And the value on the homes, it, you know, they bought it for four years ago. I've done lots of, lots of CMAs. They're pretty much right where they were four years ago today. The yeah. values have, have maxed out and they're dropping down a, a few ticks. And now you're right back to where you were four years ago. But, you know, your taxes have doubled or went up 60% or something. I mean, come yeah. on. It's, it's stupid. That's why I'm asking you, like, like, how much of that do you see playing in this? Have you seen 
Um, have you seen that, you know, people coming to you to do a short sale because they, you know, of the property taxes maybe being a part of it or all of it or what are your thoughts on that? I, I think the initial part of people missing payments, because a lot of people, most of all clients that I do short sales have the properties escrowed upon the mortgage payment, right? So that that's part of the reason why I believe they can't afford to pay the mortgage is because the taxes increase their mortgage so much because the tax taxes are just out of control. And I mean, county you go to DuPage, Will, Cook, it doesn't matter. Taxes on most all properties that I see are really, really high. And if this keeps on increasing higher and higher, how could the common person keep on paying these taxes on a monthly basis? And if they've not escrowed, they have to pay it every six months or so. So that, that if you want to talk about why then there could be a, maybe a next wave of short sales in Illinois again, is because the taxes keep on getting higher and people can't afford it. Like people can't afford their escrow and their mortgage and their tax and their payments. So that is a part of the reason a lot of people cite their hardships to be like a loss of job, marital issues, this and that. A lot of people don't say taxes because they don't in essence know how it works exactly because they don't realize, maybe they don't realize that their taxes are part of their mortgage payment. I'm not sure, but that's in essence why people can't make a more large uh, uh, mortgage payment is because the taxes are making the mortgage payments thus that much higher. So I think it's a huge part of it, but most people don't cite that as their hardship because maybe they don't understand the concept of it. And then on top of that, if they're delinquent in mortgage payments, the bank actually will pay the, the installments like the, cause they, the banks don't want to incur more fees. So the, the sellers actually have pay no mind to it. If I'm not paying the mortgage, so what the bank will pay the tax bill anyways. And that's yeah. typically how it works. Yeah. 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 So you raise a, 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 another question for me is you've got somebody that is, you know, there we've discussed, you know, it could take, you know, three to six months, say it, right. So let's just say six months. I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm doing a short sale. I've got a rental, um, six months are cruising by and I don't make one mortgage payment on this bad boy. Right. Maybe I'm eight months, 10 months in, who knows? I could be 12. Let's say maybe I'm 12 months in. Is that reasonable? I don't know. Is that reasonable? Realistic? Yeah. That's yeah. Like from like, ten, like after, the, after nine, after nine months payment is missed, that's when the bank could, could at the first moment file or have a sell date on the property. So okay. you're pretty much good from the first payments missed to the ninth month you're pretty much not going to foreclose on the property. It's after that ninth month, 10th month, then the bank gets at a sale date. Okay. So we could be nine plus months going yeah. in. And then after the short sale process, going through legal and all this, I mean, we could be a year and a half into this possibly. Where are all those rents from that tenant being in there? Where are those going to? Are those going to the bank? Are those going to the owner? I mean, are they taking that cash and like, woohoo? You know, a lot. <laughs> we've seen we see this a lot. So, like, if the tenants are not aware, the, most times tenants are not aware if the if the owner is making mortgage payments, right? I don't think that's in conversation. I don't think they're privy to that information, nor maybe they don't even ask. So, there's a lot of clients that they're tenants. They don't even know if the client's making the mortgage payment. So, technically, no. The 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 payment, the rent payments, go directly to the seller or to the, to the investor, whoever owns the property. Yeah. And th that tenant thinks that you're taking that money to pay the mortgage. But in yeah. essence, they don't, there's no yeah. obligation that they have to. If they're going to do a short sale, they could take that rent money, not pay the mortgage and just keep it. There's nothing against that saying that they can't do that. <laughs> and so there's no recourse on this at all. There's no recourse. None. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's a hell of an exit strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of clients do that. <laughs> a lot of clients are like, let me delay the short sale so I get a couple more months rent. I'm like, well, you could foreclose in a couple months. Like, why are you going to risk that? But they're like, I just want to keep more, more, more months of rent. I'm like, 
all right, well, I mean, each its own, I guess, but I'm like, do, do what you like. Cause there's no, there is no recourse regarding that. The tenant, if the tenant finds out that the, the client is not, the, the owner is not making the mortgage payment, he could, he could, he could try to do different things, but legally, I don't know what you could do in that. If you signed a lease, I don't know if you can get back out of that based on the person not paying the mortgage. Like that's really complicated. That's not my expertise, but yeah, I don't, there's not much you could do. Like, but theoretically as a seller, yeah, you could take the payments of the rent, not pay the mortgage hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. I would imagine from my perspective, um, because you know, we manage over 300 doors and yeah. seen many people come over to us because their landlords didn't tell them that their house is up for sale or it's going yeah. to foreclosure or whatever it is. And next thing you know, they tell them at the last hour, like yeah. hey, you gotta get the hell out because the sheriff is yeah. coming any day. Yes. Because here in, in, in Cook County, they don't give any notice to the, yeah. they don't give a notice to anybody, just the landlord, <laughs> or, you know, or the property manager. Right. That's it, man. And yeah. that's the day before that is, yeah. Like knock, That's, knock, knock. And if you don't answer that door, they got a ram that just, you know, they <laughs> this ram. It's about three feet long and they <laughs> bam right into the door, plow it down, <laughs> guns drawn because they don't know what the hell's going on in there. I mean, they're, they're taking over, man. They're going to pull your ass out of that house and give possession back to the bank. And, you know, people are going to be standing there cleaning their shit out, putting it out on the street. Yeah. That's flea market, man. All the neighbors come over and fight it's over the ironing board it is and whose dresser and whose gallon of milk and ham that is. I mean, it's crazy, man. I've seen it many times. I mean, it's just, but I'm getting off track here, man. It's like, that's a lot of money. That's yeah. Of money. To have no recourse on that. No. I'm so shocked that there's yeah. no recourse on that yet. I'm like, I almost want to zip the lip, but nobody, you know, it's like, <laughs> Everybody's aware of it. So, so these little crybabies out there that are like, I'm not making money on my rental. And you're, <laughs> and you're in a short sale. Stuff a sock in your mouth, man. Yeah. Take it yeah. while you can. You know, like, that's yeah. ridiculous. You know, I don't feel bad for you that you're losing money now. I feel bad for you because you're losing money for the, you know, in the, in the property taxes. But, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's like your last F you to the bank and everybody, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's just – it's it's kind of irritating on one hand, but I see it on the other hand, but anyhow, totally went off track here, man. And <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> super passionate about yeah. what I do, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. So speaking about passion, let's talk a little bit about like, um, for, for, for the brokers, um, is there a, a maximum commission that they can charge? Yeah. And that's the thing. A lot of agents like are kind of new to short sales. Think like all these crazy things. Like, um, it's like, the, the max commission on a short sale, which is actually probably better than a regular sale. So if you do a short sale, it's best. That's why I was like agents. It's like, it's probably best to do a short sale because you could get potential up to 6%. Most of all short sales pay off 6%. I would say 90% to 95% pay 6%. There's a rare occurrence where sometimes if they, the, you know, if the investor says, Oh, only 5%, then it gets cut to 5%. But most of all of them pay 6%, but okay. never higher though. A lot of people out there think that like, Oh, there's a flat fee. Oh, because, the property is only selling for 20,000. Oh, they'll pay a flat fee commission. Like, no, no, that's just not how it works. Like yeah. it's 6% max and that's it. There's, that's you it. can't get anything else from it. Yeah. <laughs> that's so it. That's a fallacy. A lot of That's 6%. 6%. <laughs> you get 1% extra or a couple more percentage in Cause like how much can you charge a regular seller and is a realtor, right? Like what? Three, four percent, maybe five. Yeah. 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 Five, five. Yeah, it's hard to charge a client 6%. So that's one benefit as a realtor to do a short sale over a regular sale because you can get 6%. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And we and we earn it too. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%, 100% on a short time. A whole lot more work, man. <laughs> that's right. 100%. Time, man. That four-letter word. Time, man. Yeah, that's right. Time is a killer. Shoot, man. But, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So, Joe, how do people get in touch with you, man? You know, cause it, I, yeah, I know yeah. the value that you bring is, is incredible. The knowledge, right? I tell people yeah. all the time, you need four things to create a deal. Time, money, credit, knowledge. You've got the time and the knowledge. They got the money that's and the right. or the problem. <laughs> so that's right. That's right. That's right. So that's how right. do they get in touch with you, man? Because you've got you've definitely bring the value to the table. And uh, you know, yeah. email, phone number, website. What do you got? Um, all three. Like we all share the same email address. So the attorney has my my brother has a uh, an office, probably like five or six clerks. We all share the same email. We just pick and play. Obviously, the the label of the email we address to short sale or address to the property address. That's how we all fish through it. So the email address is just the attorney's name. Mike, I don't know if you have access to it, but it's Anthony V Panzica at gmail dot com. Um, I could I don't know if you want to spell it out for you, but it's A N T H O N Y middle initial V is in Victor. And then last name Panzica, which is P-A-N-Z-I-C-A, and it's at gmail.com. So that's the email that we base it off of. But the easier thing, just shoot me a call or call me. It's our phone number at the office to reach me is 773-539-5800. Awesome, dude. That's, I mean, this is really – and thank you for spelling that out because I – Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, Who knows how this could have went, man? <laughs> this really could have went crazy. Yeah, My, sure. What is this dude's real last name? You know, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, many, many ways. Well, many, many, but uh, quite a few ways. What question is it that I have not asked, Joe? Um. I think we covered a lot of it. Like, like we asked, like how long the process takes, what documents you have to provide. We talked about the deficiency. Um, the main thing, and I said, the one thing I don't think I mentioned about, like, this is you representing, you know, as a seller side, right? I told you like the processes, but the questions to ask if you're on the buyer side is, is there's not much you could do, unfortunately, on the buyer side when you're, pro when you're purchasing a short sale. But the three questions that I would ask would be like, you know, who's processing, who's processing the short sales? Is it the attorney or the agent? That's always important to find out like who, who's the person processing it. Number two, how many mortgages do the, the seller have? One or two? And then who are those with? And then if you ask me, like if any bank that you could name, like you name any bank right now, you like Chase, SPS, SLS, Sunlar. I mean, you name any bank, I could tell you exactly how that process will go and what is the likelihood that how long it would take, what to expect. And I could kind of give you a little bit of guidance to the buyer side, but like I said, on the buyer side, there's little that you could do. The only thing I could recommend is if the seller who was ever working the short sale asked you or your client for a document, like say proof of funds, proof of earnest money, uh, you know, something to be initial, they're signed. Provide that as soon as possible. That's all I could recommend because if you delay anything on your side, it only makes the seller side that much more difficult to get things done with. So that's, I think that was the only side. I think you told me to, or to tell you about how the process works and that's, or what to expect or what, what, what questions yeah. to ask on the buyer side. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. So would the seller need, you know, somebody like yourself to represent them and another attorney or do you handle everything? They don't need another um, Yeah, no, like the attorney would go because I'm not independent of my own. Like I can't do what I do without there being an attorney. I sure. work for probably three or four or five different attorneys process in their short sales as well outside of my brother. Okay. Um, but I do need an attorney because everything's intertwined because I could do the short sale 
but you need still someone to do the attorney review, order the title, and that's through the attorney's office itself. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. And yep. I'm just curious, what um, title company? I'm sure. Well, right. Is there more than one title company that you're working with? Um, our main one. What I used to be a close. What I'm, what I'm after. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we. Um, I was a closer before I became what I am now. So from like 2000, when I graduated college in 06, I became a closer at Alliance Title. And they, I was a closer there in, from 2006 until 2012. So okay. while I was doing all this craziness of short sales, I was still doing closings. Like I'd actually be the closer and do, be the closer to the short sale we're getting done. Like it was a crazy time. It was, we did a lot of things. So I, I'm kind of, we're loyal to Alliance Title. So Alliance Title is off of uh, basically O'Hare by O'Cumberland, like right around that area. Okay. That's sort of, I would say probably 70% of our, our titles are ordered from there, but we also work with Chicago title as well. Got it. Got it. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. CT is pretty, pretty large. Pretty um, big. They're uh, huge. Alliance. Um, yeah. we also uh, work with fidelity, uh, yeah, fidelity. pretty much all one of the same over there. But so, so Joe does, does the buyer need an attorney? Um, yes, they don't necessarily have to, like if you're a seasoned veteran investor, maybe you don't want one. I get it. But I would argue that every buyer who purchases a property in Illinois should have an attorney. I'm very pro attorney. My brother, my sister, my father, are all attorneys. Obviously I've lived in a, in a whole life of attorney, so I'm very pro attorney. You know, I don't know if that's a thing, but yeah, but I would recommend anyway, seller, buyer, it doesn't matter. Always have an attorney because you don't, you just want to make sure that you're getting the right thing for you at all times. Like, and that's what attorneys are there for to help you through the process of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I know myself, um, you know, I've closed many deals. I think last year I closed just short of a hundred deals. That's uh, fantastic. Don't know how many of those were short sales because it's sure. been less and less every year. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you that out of those hundred deals, anything that I purchased, um, unless it was a bulk purchase, yeah. uh, I think I did a thirteen pack or something like that, um, maybe last year. Um, that was the only time I used an attorney. Okay, uh, what you want to hear? But <laughs> yeah, no, no, hey, to each their own. Like I said, a seasoned investor, you are you. You know this like the back of your hand. So, well, like the yeah. typical average person, like I would recommend that for having a yeah. team. But if you yeah. know it, you know it all. Then there's yeah. there's not much you then you would need then. But right, right. Uh, I mean, well, it, you do need to know what the hell you're doing. You know? Like, yeah, you know, true. And I had dinner with with a friend of mine, and he's like, "Dude, do I need an attorney to you know, close these deals?" I'm like, "You're." The fact that you're asking me tells me that you know something. You probably will. You've got some question marks, some, yeah. some balloons, you know, when they go bubbles popping up. Yeah, yeah. Why, 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 you know? So uh, we had a good conversation and yeah. I educated him on that. And, yeah. um, you know, I've got my stake, you know, that I play on it myself. But sure. um, I was just, for, for an, a traditional person, probably just having a few properties. Um, I would highly recommend somebody guiding you through that because you're going to be blindsided on it. And, um, and you don't even know coming out of it. Yeah. The, the, really lingo, the documents, it's, there's so many things that a, a lame person may not know about the process. So, yeah. yeah. Joe, I really appreciate your time, yeah. man. You were brought here for a reason for sure. And, and I appreciate yeah. Your, the value, man. Like I know, like even myself, just you know, jumping in. Why I got into real estate, and I just literally just fully immersed myself and learned yeah. as much as I could. So, dude, I appreciate yeah. that, man. And I, I hope that people find oh, value yeah. in it, just like I do. And uh, you know, sure. 
anybody asks me about a short sale, I'm sending them right to you, bro. So I got my word. I really appreciate that. Appreciate that very much. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Love openly and make a difference. All right. Later. Absolutely. All right. Later, brother. Learn more at mfcashflow.com and follow Mike on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn.